Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast on Anchor.fm with your host, Chanel Patrice Hancock. It's the 13th of February, 2019, here in Akron, Ohio. And I have to say that I'm happy to be back to give you guys another episode today. And before I tell you what the topic is, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, Flipboard.com, where you can go to find information about leading experts in business and finance and entertainment, sports. You can go and read Sports Illustrated, New York Times, Guardian, and it's all for free. It's all accessible with your screen readers such as VoiceOver, NVDA, Linux, JAWS for Windows, and System Access. You can go to Google Store and download it for free. You can go to Apple iTunes app and download it for free. You can go to Flipboard.com and download it. And it's all 100% free. You can get notifications sent to your phone when your next publication or article comes out. For whatever publication you subscribe to, whether it's entertainment, fashion, sports, politics, the weather, it's all at Flipboard.com. So thank you guys for sponsoring Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast on Anchor.fm. Now, let's get straight into today's episode. Today's episode is titled Chanel's Pet Peeves of Language Learning. Now, I think everyone has pet peeves where someone may post something on the internet that is negative in regards to language learning, and I'm all about being positive when it comes down to language learning because you never know when someone's reading something on the internet and they might be feeling good about what little bit they may have accomplished in regards to their language learning day, whether it's learning five new words, 10 new phrases, whether it's understanding a text that they've been trying to read for the past couple of days in their target language. When you start to say negative stuff that isn't helpful to anybody but you, I have a problem with that because there is a lot of negativity in the world and people seem to think that it's okay just to say any old thing to make, you know, someone else's day 10 times worse than what it started out to be when they woke up that morning. For example, I was on Facebook yesterday and someone was complaining because they got tired of hearing people talk about, well, I'm fluent in a language and the only thing that they managed to accomplish so far was to be able to memorize song lyrics from a song in their target language or they were able to recite a paragraph that 
they had memorized the day before, so they think they're fluent. And I said, well, that is a start to becoming conversationally fluent in the language is by memorizing song lyrics, looking them up, um, paragraphs, and texts that they particularly like to read. Okay, so they might want to use that information for a conversation. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you sit there and you write out on Facebook, this is what I'm, you know, irritated about. I have a problem with that because you might find that irritating, but somebody else might find that to be a motivating spark for their language learning process. So trying to put negative complaints out on Facebook about what you don't like about what other people do you know, do in regards to their own learning process is a little juvenile to me. Um, You know, I kind of find it to be not productive at all. Basically, it just tells me that this person needs to focus on their own language learning process and journey and stop worrying about what other people do. Um, Because that's not helping the person that's complaining that's, uh, you know, become more proficient in their language learning process. They're just concerned because maybe it's an ego thing or maybe they feel a little bit insecure or they're jealous because maybe this person is, you know, really happy about what they've achieved and there's nothing wrong with that. I think you can really... um succeed I think when you celebrate the small goals that you set so let's say you're able to listen to a Ricky Martin song in Spanish and you learn all the words and what they mean that's a big deal that you're able to be able to sing the song be able to understand what's being said to be able to read it write it out you're using all your core elements of language learning in order to be able to understand this particular song by this particular artist. That is an achievement in itself because before that, you weren't able to understand what was being said by this person. Now you can, now you can and that, that's something that should be celebrated, not put down. And so that's one of the things that I find to be a pet peeve of mine when people sit there and they post on Facebook they're tired of hearing about these people who say that they're fluent and they only know a few sentences well that's how you start right that's how you get to be fluent if it's conversational fluency that you want to achieve which a lot of people it is (laughs) some people want to be native but they know it's going to take time and that's another pet peeve Don't think that you need to rush in order to learn a language. I'm going to learn Italian to C1 in three months. Well, the only way you're going to learn Italian to C1 in three months is if you spend eight hours a day, seven days a week, learning the language. Now, how much of it are you really going to retain? I don't know. Um, You know, I've done some things similar 
But that was because I was focusing on a particular part of language learning. So every day I would speak for a couple hours, even if it was to myself in Russian for a whole year. And my Russian improved. I also listened to stuff passively from 6 a.m. in the morning to midnight every day. Now, I was cleaning my house. I was watching TV. And a lot of it was I was watching TV. And there were so many different shows on and they would repeat the same stuff. And so I was able to really absorb as much of the language as I possibly could. And I didn't have any burnout because there were certain programs I would watch in between the day that came on at certain times. One would be at one, one would be at four, one would be at five, one would be at eight. It would be something of that nature. And I would finish off with my drama at 10 o'clock. Well, I did that for a whole year and my level had increased tremendously. But I had spent the first year doing nothing but speaking. I spent the second year listening. But I, I incorporated it into my life. I didn't just sit there and like a robot and just listen, listen, listen. I, it was passive. So I was, it was going into my head. And I enjoyed the process. Now, I've done that for some of the other languages that I'm learning at the moment. But at the same time, um, I'm not doing it eight hours straight. And so, you know, I don't have time to do eight hours straight. I might do two hours of listening to the news in French. But I'm making breakfast. I'm making coffee. I'm doing a slew of other things. But when people say this is what I want to do is study for eight hours a day. Well, if you have a goal, yes, that would mean something. Um, You know, I want to be on a talk show in three months. Okay, so you want to be on a talk show in three months. You have the time to... Put into learning a particular language, go for it. But if you don't, an hour will be fine. A half an hour, that's great too. But to try to cram a whole bunch of information into your head just to say that you want to be fluent in speaking in three months, it's not going to work. Not permanently anyway. I'm not going to say you shouldn't attempt it. I mean, if that's what you want to do, go right ahead. That's just not something I would subscribe to on a daily basis. I would literally have to be so obsessed with that language that I would want to do something that crazy. But aside from that, I kind of like to take my time with it and do an hour to 90 minutes, you know, five days a week and take the weekend off. And I might like do fun stuff like watch a movie in that language or or show. And if I like the show... And my language skills are still not up to snuff. I will have English subtitles on and I'll watch the whole series over the weekend. And then I'll turn off the the subtitles after I finish. And then I'll listen to it in the actual target language for which I'm studying. And that helps. But that is one of my pet peeves. Because it's like, okay, you're setting yourself up to fail. 
And that's not cool. You want to be able to succeed in language learning, not not fail 100% flat on your face. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't fall flat on your face and try to make attempts to do. If you want to do it, go ahead. Let me know if it works. I would love to know, you know, if it worked for you or not. I know for me personally, that wouldn't be something that I would do. And another thing I don't like is when you're having a conversation with somebody they decide that because you're speaking the language slowly that you're not fluent and that you should be fluent in their target language as well as you are in your own native tongue. And that is not nice. It's very, um, you're degrading the person's level of of intelligence by doing that. I mean, I actually had someone on WhatsApp tell me because I was visually impaired that, oh, well, you're visually impaired, so it's not like you you learn very much. Um, Your Spanish is slow, and I can't talk to you. I was so offended by that. I sent them a message back in Spanish, and I cursed them out, literally. And they were like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, that is rude. You don't, you don't say that about someone's disability. That is, you're discriminating against me because my, my central vision is not as good as yours. So what? I still learn how to read and write. I was able to read large print when I was younger. I'm 41 going on 42. So my, my readable vision isn't as good as it used to be. I use audio methods in Braille. I might be able to still see enough to be able to, you know, see people and and my, my peripheral vision is much stronger than my, my readable vision. Okay, fine. I'm not worried about that. You know, I'm living my life. I know how to adapt. However, that doesn't mean that my level of intelligence has been diminished all because I can't read print. And I mean, I've had people say that to me, whether they were speaking Spanish. I had someone saying that my French accent sucked and I, I literally did not even respond to that person. I just blocked them and nicely and I kept going because I know that I'm doing the best that I can for myself. And the reason why I learn languages and I have a podcast show to share my tips as someone that's visually impaired is because I know there's nobody out here doing it, number one. Number two, I like to communicate with people and I'm a pretty cool and nice person to get to know. And I like learning languages. I mean, I like other things like fashion and history and sports, travel, cooking. Um, I love to learn. And that's my main motivation for learning languages is I like to learn about other people their culture, their psychology, their history, how they cook food, what sports they're interested in. I like knowing about other people and learning about other people because I know that there's more to life than just me (laughs) and what I like. And, you know, I like making friends. So that's why I'm learning Italian and French and Cantonese and Japanese and Arabic is because of those reasons and because I have a lot of people that live in my community that speaks these languages along with Russian 
you know, I do speak Spanish, but I know I like singing to Spanish music and dancing to Spanish music and eating Spanish food, Mexican food in particular, you know, Cuban food. Um, I like hanging out with Spanish speaking people. It's awesome. You know, I love partying with them and it's a great, a great feeling. Yet at the same time, I'm not, you know, people say that I'm fluent in Spanish and I, I think that's great. But it wasn't my language of choice. I used it only for um, degree requirement. And it was the only language I had to take at the time at the school I went to many years ago. So, but I still had a love affair with the culture and the people. And I lived with a Spanish-speaking family in, in Orange, California, the Garcia family. And... Um, Lydia and her her daughter and you know I, I knew her son and her other daughter and you know it was a great experience you know I got to learn about culture from you know people who came over from Mexico and and, and it was amazing you know and they're the most hospitable people and family oriented people I've ever met in my life and so you know, those are the parts of Spanish culture and environment that I like. So, I mean, it doesn't mean that I can't speak the language. I can. I just choose not to. It's not one of my favorite languages to speak. And, you know, I mean, it's it's nothing having to do with, you know, um, the people in general. But, I mean, I've had a lot of negative flack and backlash from people in Mexico and other people in Central America and in South America, um, you know, because my Spanish is slow. And I was like, I'm not a native speaker and I never will be. And I'm not trying to be. I'm just enjoying the process of learning. And if my Spanish is college Spanish, oh well. At least I'm attempting to speak your language. But I would never insult you for your English not being up to par with my English because I know it probably won't be for a while because you're still working on learning it but I would never sit there and use someone's disability as a reason to be rude or indifferent to someone else because their learning style may be different and I just that's a pet peeve I cannot stand I can't stand when you're trying to have a conversation with someone in a target language and they interrupt you and your thought process because they want to correct everything you say. Well, I don't do that when I'm speaking to people. I listen to everything they have to say and then after they're done, I will tell them what they said, how they said it, and this is the correct way to say it because you said this incorrectly and this is why. Not that, oh, well, I can't talk to you because of whatever reason. That is very rude and disrespectful. And I've had that happen several times. So, you know, honestly, those are some of the pet peeves that I have problems with with language learners. You know, and I also have a problem where everybody claims that they want to be you know, they want to speak um, a certain level, you know, language to a certain level 
or that they tell you they speak a language to a certain level and when you talk to them over the phone it's another story entirely I've had that problem too where I've talked to people and they said they were at a B2 level in English they might have been reading and writing B1 because they still had a lot of mistakes grammatically and you know I said well do you read a lot do you listen to music a lot do you watch TV movies in in English you know this is how you're going to improve you know and they just start speaking whatever their target language was and they can't even understand the most simplest of sentences that I was trying to say to them and I basically said well when you're ready to really learn and improve your English give me a call but right now I can't help you very much um, until you do you know and yes even native speakers of English whether it's British English or American English we make grammatical mistakes every day when we're speaking and writing but we know how to correct our mistakes you know and and that's just a part of life everybody that has a target language or a native language they make mistakes and that's fine you have the right to make mistakes but don't sit there and try to pose yourself off as a competent speaker in a language with someone and then when they talk to you it's a different story because honestly you're wasting your time and their time and that's not cool you know so I mean these are the types of things that I would avoid I would be very honest with the person this is what's really going on I really do need help you never know when you are honest with someone that shows a lot of courage and it shows that you're willing to trust this person to help you that's why you asked them to help you in the first place improve whatever language it was you know ask questions I mean there were plenty of times when I would be talking to somebody in Russian and I would ask them what are your goals you know do you have a small term goal do you have a big goal and they they would say well my main goal is to speak English for work and I said okay well what do you do for a living and then they tell me they were a handyman well okay that's great but if you can't describe the different things that you do on a daily basis relating to your job you need to work on these these words and they said well I only read grammar books and I was like that's not going to help you learn that's not going to help you at all and then you know they they basically said well you need to and they were trying to correct my Russian and I said well guess what right now I don't mind you helping me with my Russian but at the end of the day when I'm trying to ask you a question and you can't even answer me that tells me that you have you still have a long way to go with listening to native speakers speak English um, and if you've been studying for four or five years and you're still at the same point that you were in the beginning, you really haven't learned anything. And I mean, I like to be honest with them because, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I don't have time. I'm a certified teacher of English as a foreign language for business, English and English for young learners. And so I don't have time to um, waste 
because you don't want to do your end of the bargain. It's not my job to teach you English. It's your job to be able to learn it. I mean, no one teaches me Russian. I learned Russian on my own. I learned French and Italian, Cantonese, Turkish on my own. You know, by using the courses that I use. And by communicating with people right away. But at the same time, I've been doing this for a while, so I know what I'm doing. You know, if you live in a monolingual country where you're not exposed to enough English speakers and you have the internet and you try to get people to practice with you and you can't even hold a conversation, we have a problem. And some of that is that you have to have the motivation and the diligence to be able to do what needs to be done to learn this language. Find things that are fun and interesting. I mean, honestly, if you do the same things in your target language, do the same things, I mean, your native language, do the same things in your target language. That's what I do. I find things that fulfill me and I learn those same vocabulary words. I want to read French Vogue. I want to read Italian Vogue. If there was Russian Vogue, I would read that too. Um, You know, I want to be able to cook French desserts. I want to be able to make pascoltis and cannolis in Italian, using Italian language to do it. Yes, if that's something I want to do next month, I will use that as a goal. I will learn the vocabulary. I will find recipes and I will do it. You see what I'm saying? This way, I am utilizing the language. I'm using, utilizing reading in Braille, writing in Braille, listening to an audio, and speaking. So, I'm utilizing all four core elements to do this activity. Yeah, so, but these are goals that I want to achieve for myself. If I want to go to a, a cafe and speak Italian and order me a coffee and, you know, a Pascolti, for instance, I will do so. However, at the same time, you know, I'm not going to waste someone's time on a phone call if, you know, this is what I need help with. I've gotten to the point now where I will find people that I want to speak for a half an hour with. And that brings me to my last one. Um, when you're having a conversation with someone and you have an hour max to speak, half of that hour should be for their target language, which is English 90% of the time. Um, and then the other half an hour should be for the target language. So you speak English with that person so they can practice and then you speak the target language. Um, uh, for yourself and you ask questions or whatever and then you come up with a plan for the following week well that doesn't always seem to fall through with me because they always want to speak more English than the target language and I'm just like look (laughs) that's great but it's not just about you it's about the other person too so you can't be selfish with the time And, I mean, these are just some things that I have found 
that I don't like. And I think my last one will be, it doesn't matter how successful you are at learning a language. Everyone learns at their own pace, in their own way, in their own time frame. And you can have your own company. You can, you know, have people working for you. You could have been doing it for 30, 35, 40 years. That doesn't make you the expert aficionado of language learning because you did it for this amount of time. I mean, there are people that have other levels of expertise about language learning and everyone has a right to share their view, whether they have a master's degree in applied linguistics or not, or interpreting or translation or not. It shouldn't matter. If someone enjoys the process of learning a language, then they should be able to pass on their knowledge, regardless of how small it may be, to other people. This way, you know, you have a variety of different opinions about how to go about learning a language. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to be able to do the work. You know, you can get advice from everybody from here to Timbuktu and back. And you still have to come up with your own method of doing it. You know, whether you're auditory learner, kinesthetic learner, visual learner, whether you want a study buddy, it doesn't matter. You have to come up with the plan that you want in order to be able to successfully learn that language that you want to learn. But that gives no one the right to tell you that what you have to say on the matter is incorrect, is not viable. Um, I've had that with certain people who are professional polyglots. And I said, well, wait a minute. You can sit there and you can talk to this person, but then you can tear down somebody else or a whole group of people because you don't agree with what they're saying. What they're saying is their truth, not your truth. And so for you to sit there and say that someone's making something up or their claims are viable, that's just wrong. And I've had, I've seen that with certain people or they've become so successful at what they're doing that they don't think that they're wrong about anything or that they're incorrect on certain things or they can't relate to you because you don't have the same disability that they do or you don't have the same amount of physical vision that they do. So therefore you really don't know anything so they can just ignore you. And I mean, honestly, I have found that to be one of the most terrible things to do to somebody's self-esteem, their motivation. I mean, I've had that happen to me. And yes, people have said, oh, that my claims aren't viable and all this other nonsense that makes no sense. And I think a lot of it's their own personal ego, you know, that they think that their shit doesn't stink and it does. And, you know, I'm like, look, I can care less, you know, because I look at it like, I don't know everything about language learning. I'm learning just like everybody else's. You know, I come from a theater and film background. And so, therefore, I've only been involved for four years. And I've learned a lot from a lot of people. But they even said, 
you know, themselves, you know, no one's perfect. We all fail at certain things. We all aren't as good at certain areas of language learning, but we, we love it so much. We continue to do it and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to sit up there and be successful and you're going to kind of gravitate to a certain group of people, and then you're going to discard other people because they may have a different opinion on the subject matter than you do. Don't degrade them. Don't demoralize them. Don't deter them for what it is they're trying to achieve all because you want to be on top. No one gives a damn. Because honestly, if you're not um, trying to encourage people instead of putting people down because you think what they have to say is not relevant to the community at large, my question is, why the hell are you... <laughs> you know, what satisfaction does it give you to degrade and deter other people who this might be their salvation is to learn languages because they're, they're coming out of a difficult situation in their personal life. You know, they might have lost a relative. They might have uh, lost you know, a pet, they may have lost their home and their job, they have nothing else going on right now that's positive for them, and so this is the only thing that they can cling on to is their language learning, and for you to sit there and say something like that, all that's going to do is make them feel bad about themselves even more, it's not going to help motivate them and lift them up. To try to get out of the rut that they're in. And a lot of people have had people who have been that way. And I mean, I'm going to be honest. If your ego is that big, you need to check it at the door. Because we're all trying to do the same thing. We just go about it differently. And yes, it is true that everyone learns differently. But when you're not willing to accept other people's differences whether it's opinion, learning style, so forth and so on, what does that say about you, the person? That means you need to look a little bit more deeper in yourself to see that, okay, well, I'm not perfect either. Shoot, I'm ignorant about a few things, but guess what? I'm going to admit that I don't know something. That does not necessarily mean that I know everything. Oh, no, like... <laughs> Honey, I don't know everything. I'm not the best at science or math, but I'm better at English and languages and psychology, sociology, philosophy, history, culinary stuff, sports, you know, fashion, entertainment, travel, those types of things. Yes. When it comes down to computers, when it comes down to science and engineering, I'm not the greatest at that. Yes, I know how to use a computer, but I don't know how to take it apart and put it back together. I don't know anything about C plus or C plus plus. I know those are computer operating systems for the Windows operating system. But guess what? At the end of the day, is it benefiting me to know this? Not necessarily. <laughs> you know, because I'm not, you know, I use all Apple products. You know, I like the touch screen. I like the iPad minis and pros. And I like my phone and my display. And hey, I'm good to go. 
I mean, I have a MacBook Pro and I know how to use it with keyboard strokes, the ones that I memorized. But I'm not trying to say that I'm better than anybody else. I, it, I have learning problems when it comes down to learning certain things. It's easier for me to spit out new words in French or Italian or Russian or Cantonese or Arabic than it is for me to spit out how to use numbers on the Mac. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not someone that likes to down people or deter them from what it is they're trying to achieve, regardless of how small that thing is. The smallest goal that you have will be the hardest one for you to achieve sometimes, but then sometimes it will be easy too. And, you know, honestly, you have to believe in yourself. Okay, I I agree with a a good polyglot friend, Robin McPherson of kumabrand.com, that you can sit there and you can admire all these people who do what they do and they create their courses and they they sell them and they promote them and they have their YouTube channels and their Instagram and their Pinterest and their Facebook and Twitter and all of that. And that's great. Of course, it takes a lot of time and hard work for them to get to where they are. It didn't happen overnight, of course. But at the same time, too, they're people. And they have egos and they have moods and feelings. And just like the rest of us, they're no different than the rest of us. They just worked a lot harder to get to where they are. That's why they were able to be as successful as they are right now. And that doesn't mean that you won't be able to do the same thing yourself. You will. You just have to believe in yourself and you have to continue to plug away. And I plug away every single day. I did some Italian today on my Mango app. I finished chapter three yesterday. I'm on chapter nine and I'll do chapter 10 tomorrow. And then I'll go back and do a couple of chapters over the weekend. And then I'll go to level two of Italian. You know, there are certain things I want to know in Italian and there are certain things I don't want to know that I don't need at the moment. I can learn in context in other ways later on down the road, which is fine with me. But at the end of the day, I feel that if you're going to talk down to someone because their disability is not like yours or you can't really relate to them or your social skills aren't, well, guess what? There is room for improvement. You can work on those social skill problems that you have so you can be better at communicating with other people who are not like you because we all can learn from each other. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is when you start judging somebody based off of what you see in front of you or what you read on a Facebook page. You don't know that person. You have no idea what that person's feeling. But words matter, whether they're verbal or whether they're written. They matter. And there are people that have given up on learning languages because of some of the negativity that's out there. And I'm just here to say, guess what? If they're going to hate, take them out of your, your contacts. Block them. Because you don't need that. You know, there's too much hate going on in the world to begin with. And the only reason that is, 
is because those people don't like themselves. So because they don't like themselves and they were bullied at one point, they think it's okay to do the same thing to other people. It doesn't matter what school you went to. It doesn't matter how much money you got. It doesn't matter who you know. It doesn't matter what car you drive or don't drive. It doesn't matter what kind of clothes you're wearing, what kind of house you live in. That has nothing to do with how you treat people. So if you hate yourself that badly to the point where you need to go on Facebook or any other form of social media to use your words as a bully pulpit to make yourself look better towards other people and and deter other people from trying to learn their best language, I got a problem with that. And so... That is my biggest pet peeve. Don't put your insecurities on other people because you don't understand them. Don't troll everything that they say and do and try to correct them. And you think you're being helpful. You're not being helpful. You're just taunting them and you're making fun because you don't know them. So you think that they're not up to the same level as you. So what if they're not? That doesn't mean that they're not going to ever achieve that same level that you're at. They will. It just might take them a little bit longer to do it. And there's nothing wrong with that because you have nothing but time on your hands. But if you're going to waste time doing that, I have a problem with that. And I mean, I had to create this podcast to say those things because I feel that people need to know. Yes, the language learning community is a great community. There's a lot of cool people, but there are negative people out there. And so, you know, if you don't want negativity, block those people. You want positive people? Go for the positive. You know, there's nothing wrong with anybody. Everyone has something wrong that they don't want to admit to. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, don't judge someone because they have a visual impairment or they're deaf or they're in a wheelchair or they can't talk or they have no hands. That's not right. And so everybody love each other, respect each other, and try to be there, even if it's in the smallest measurement. You know, a thank you every once in a while goes a long way. to making someone else's day a lot brighter. And I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode on Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast on Anchor.fm. Remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the process. And I would like to thank our sponsors, Flipboard.com, for sponsoring episode 64 of the podcast. Please, for the new people, welcome Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Breaker, AudioCast, RadioCast, Apple iTunes Podcast, Radio Public. And I will see you guys in the next episode of Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast.